0: Hey friends, I'm Ashley. Hey you guys, I'm Lainey. And this is Haunted Real Estate. Welcome back, you guys. Uh, we're back in what I'm calling the Tale of the Triangles. Laney's coming in remote today, so hopefully audio-wise we are okay. Um, we've tried this but, several times.
1: Yes, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm trapped in a triangle being sucked into a portal of doom. Not
0: quite. Okay, oh. so... Are you if I
1: do get if I do get sucked in, I just want you all to know how much I love you and I care about you. <laughs> and if these are my last words, so just Ashley, take care of Maxine, and you tell your children how much they mean to me. I'll do that.
0: I'm so glad we have it on on a recording device. Yes. So. I want to keep doing research on the triangles in general, so we will call that the Tale of the Triangles segments whenever we do those. So stay tuned for more of those coming, not back-to-back. We're not going to just be doing triangles, but they'll be... Sprinkled throughout. And we may or may not be done with the Alaskan Triangle because there's still more to tell. So, we talked last time about the Alaskan Triangle. We talked about missing ships, planes, and possible lake monsters. To recap, one of the very plausible explanations for some of the anomalies in Alaska is the electromagnetic energy. This energy can have a positive or negative effect and can definitely affect compasses and instruments used by ships and planes when traveling in the very unforgiving climate of Alaska. In addition, the Alaskan Territory is also in the Ring of Fire. So it holds tectonic energy and houses many precious metals, making the magnetic energy there just a crazy powerhouse. In addition to the electromagnetic energy, we also talked a little bit about vortexes. From Legends of America, positive vortexes spiral upward in a clock-like motion, clock-like, I'm sorry, it says clockwise motion, enhancing energy flow. This kind of energy is conducive to healing, meditation, creativity, and self-exploration. People actively search these places to feel inspired, Recharged or uplifted. Positive vortexes are said to exist in the Egyptian pyramids, in Stonehenge, and the Sedona Desert. So that's the closest one we can visit in Arizona and other sacred temples and cathedrals worldwide. Alternatively, negative vortexes spiral downward counterclockwise, creating a drainage or depleting of energy and depleting the pot positive energies in its vicinity. In humans, they're believed to cause health problems, including depression, nightmares, disorientation, confusion, and both visual and auditory hallucinations. These are also said to cause electro uh, elect, electrical instruments to malfunction. Some places that are said to be filled with negative vortexes are Bermuda Triangle, Japan's Devil Sea, and Easter Island.
1: Comp- Ooh, I didn't know Easter Island was part of this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, that, makes sense. that might be a reason why not many people live there.
1: Yeah, I don't want to be freaking
0: depressed all the time. Yeah. So compasses in Alaska, due to all the electromagnetic energy, compasses can be as much as 30 degrees off. So there are reasonable explanations as to why people have gone missing in Alaska. But there are also very unexplainable occurrences and eyewitnesses that make Alaska such a fascinating topic for haunted real estate. So let's get into some of the mysterious occurrences continuing in the Alaskan Triangle. So our first part of today's episode is a legend that's been passed down by the Tlingit people. And these uh, Tlingit people are people of the tides who have been living in the northwest coast of Alaska and Canada for over 10,000 years. These indigenous people, like many indigenous people, have legends. This is the legend of the Kushtaka. Falls. No. Okay. <laughs> Kushtaka or the Kushtaka depending on who you're talking to. They are shapeshifters, much like Oh. Yeah, this this one's pretty interesting. So they're shapeshifters much like the skinwalkers which are in many legends especially in the with the southern Native American tribes. Uh many Tlingit people believe that these shapeshifters exist in our world or Maybe they come in through portals. They look like, okay, I know you're going to giggle at this, but they can actually look really scary, but they look kind of like otters if you see them in the sea. But if you see them on land, they can shapeshift into people. But we're talking like a vicious type otter, not like the cute hold my hand while we yeah. like float on our back otter.
1: <laughs>
0: That's a seal, but yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, my bad. <laughs> Do otters... What do do otters sound like?
0: I think they make like squeaky sounds.
1: All right. I'm not even going to try to do that.
0: Okay. (laughs) Now, while they're described as half half otter, half human, it's not like a cute creature you might be thinking of. They can stand as much as six to eight feet tall. They have eyes that glow, razor-sharp teeth, and a tail. Their fingernails are talons, but their hands and feet can be uh, like the shape of a human. The kushtaka can be good, Or they can be evil, which honestly is no different than people. Some people are good and some people are evil. They can come in the form of a friend or a family member that comes to save you from the rough wilderness and guide you through to safety. Or they can come as an otter human-like creature that can lead you to your death.
1: Okay, so that time you had to come rush out, save me from sharks, but we really were jellyfish. That might have not been you at all. It might not Could have been a family member like person coming Except to I have a, me. a
0: memory of doing it, so I feel well, like maybe it's
1: star one little shape-shifting sister bitch. I saved you. Thanks.
0: <laughs> so it's the cute otter face that misleads people into thinking it's friendly. In this case, the Kushtaka can sound like a woman or a child in need of help and lead you to the river then drag you in and drown you or lead you into the wilderness and tear you to pieces. They appear oftentimes to the lost or the injured and may even appear as a group of your kinsmen trying to help you. Once they consume you, your soul is trapped because you'll most likely turn into a kushtaka yourself or remain lost for eternity wandering the frozen tundra. Either way, this strikes fear in a lot of the Tlingit people. They believe in reincarnation, so a soul trapped is their actual hell. Kind of my actual hell too. But, anyway. Sounds like it. Luckily, there are a couple of ways to prevent the Kushtaka from coming near you. They are very afraid of dogs. So, according to the lore, you are safe if you're with your furry friend. They also don't like copper or urine. So... I don't know if that Everybody means... You
1: they pee on yourselves, wear some copper jewelry if you don't have a dog?
0: Yeah, so, well, I was like, do I pee on them or just have some pee stored ready for, like, in <laughs> water balloons and ready to just, like, shoot them out?
1: I can just see like, lifting your leg, like, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody whip it out, let's go. Oh my gosh. There are many
0: that believe in the Kushtica to their core, and others believe it was a story or legend Intended to uh, scare children so that they wouldn't stray away into the wilderness by themselves or go too close to the shore by themselves. But I do have a couple of encounters. 1900, the year 1900, okay? So we're in the gold rush. Uh, This story comes from Harry Cole, the author of The Strangest Story Ever Told. Harry was in Alaska for the gold rush with his friends. These names he did change because his friends wanted to remain anonymous. For his friends, he calls them John, Charlie, and Fred. They were all prospectors. They were really down on their luck. They weren't super successful in finding gold, like a lot of the gold miners. Charlie comes through the door and says, hey, I talked to someone, I know somebody who found gold, and we need to go to Thomas Bay, because this is where it is. He was super jazzed and ready to go. He told them that they were supposed to find a moon-shaped lake, which I don't know which shape they're talking about. So, yeah, I don't know if that lake was crescent-shaped, full moon, half moon.
1: You gotta assume it's crescent, because if it's just a moon-shaped lake you would just be like go to that circular looking lake, like like of- <laughs> yes
0: so the friends were like charlie why don't you just go out and report back if you find anything um not really cool when there's four total people and three stay behind and leave one to go so rad friends there so charlie packed his canoe with approximately three months of supplies what kind three of three su- months solo journey yeah like what would you bring on a three-month journey like, you're not going on a plane, okay? You're getting in a canoe or you're packing yeah. to just go into the wilderness. Like, what is three months of supplies?
1: Got to have some high-protein food.
0: Yeah, so, like, uh, a, a lot of jerky.
1: This Is this a time where, like, vitamins are a thing so you can have, like, pack some of the nutrients you need and vitamins? Um, This is the year 1900. Truth. Okay, so, So, not yeah. like your
0: Flintstone <laughs> vitamins, but... i'm sure they had some sort of like minerals and stuff yeah
1: and then yeah stuff to fish you gotta assume you can catch your meals there um and just prepare to not really cook it yeah when we were in
0: africa they didn't even have like fishing poles you would just throw the line out there and hold the actual line
1: yeah so can you imagine catching a big
0: fish like how much that would hurt
1: yeah like you need some
0: really strong gloves yeah so charlie was gone Okay, he came back, I don't know if it was weeks or if it was months, but it was a while later. He busts through the door, he's all disheveled, he threw a piece of quartz at the wall and demanded food. He said he never wanted to be in Alaska again and he wanted to go back home to Washington. His friends are now concerned, asking him why he was so upset. He told them, look, if I tell you, I never want to talk about it again. I don't ever want you to say my name with this story. He began telling him that he, of course, was on the way to Thomas Bay. He searched around Patterson River. He decided to set up lodging there and then ended up, it ended up raining for several days in Alaska in like a tent. So for days, he's just kind of stuck in his tent. He's just sleeping, freezing, freezing. And he, like, he couldn't hunt or anything like that. So he just had to wait to explore. Finally, when he was able to travel again, he made his way to an S shaped lake or river, not moon shaped again. I still don't know what shape that moon is, but okay. He thought it was really strange because... He had not seen people or any kind of animals in the area. It was just like nothing was living there. Couldn't hear the sounds of birds, rustling of leaves, nothing. It was just quiet. So he kept moving onward, and then he found the piece of quartz. Um, So he was thinking, okay, now we're finding something. Maybe we need to come back here. So after that, he decided to climb the ridge directly, and just as he came over the ridge, he froze. So this is coming directly from the story. Swarming up the ridge towards me from the lake was the most hideous creature. I couldn't call them anything other than devils, as they were neither man nor monkey, yet looked like both. They were entirely sexless, Mm. the bodies covered with long, coarse hair, except where there were scabs and running sores that had replaced it. Each one seemed to be reaching out for me and striving to be the first to get me. The air was Mm. full of their cries, and the stench from their sores and bodies made me nauseous. God, how I did run. I could feel their hot breath on my back. Their claw-like fingers scraped my back. The smell from their steaming, stinking bodies was making me sick. While the noises they made, yelling, screaming, and breathing drove me mad. Reason left me. How I reached the canoe is a mystery to me. When I came to, it was night and I was lying at the bottom of my canoe, driving between Thomas Bay and Sequoia Island. Cold, hungry, and crazy for a drink of water. You no doubt think I'm crazy or lying. Never let me hear the name Thomas Bay again. So that was one encounter back from 1900. So this legend does date back.
1: That's that's intense. Yeah, that would, I don't even know if I would tell the story. I'd be so scared. does well, do you find out why why he got the quartz and threw it at the wall? Is that what he was? I think he was just like done for?
0: with it. Like here you go, I'm done. Yeah. Screw off. I don't care about gold anymore. Got it. Um, so the next story comes from 1972 Battle Creek, which is near Anchorage, Alaska. Some boys were fishing and heard a shrieking scream. They were startled and turned their flashlight towards the source of the sound. They saw a creature that was at least seven feet tall with sores all over its body, just staring at them. They all took off running and had no idea what they saw that day, but were forever traumatized. This Kushtaka story is more recent. So in 2018, there was an earthquake around midnight near Kodak Island, which is also near Battle Creek. This was a 7.9 magnitude earthquake. People were told to get to higher ground because there was a tsunami alert now. Many of the local families were making their way up the mountains for protection. There were reports of some strange creatures crossing the street. The stench coming from the creatures was very strong and nauseating. Many believed that they had seen the Kushtaka also trying to get to higher ground. Tsunami alarms were going on full blast now, and more panic sets in for those seeking higher ground. At a home higher up the mountain, considered a safe area, if there was a tsunami, there was a native Tlingit family just waiting for all the craziness to pass. They were hearing a lot of strange noises outside, and then suddenly the power went out. The family looked out the window and they could see lights outside. So this wasn't a weather related power outage. It seemed like someone turned off their power. One I of the Hell No. Yeah, when the power goes out and you can see other lights on, I mean, I'm very concerned.
1: I literally always look down the street to make sure everyone else is out too. Like yeah. It's better not Not just be me. Not because I want Yeah, it's not like I'm like, you better be suffering too. It's like, it's it's not just me, right? No one just, you know... (laughs) We're all in this together, right? Right? I'm not alone here. So
0: one of the teenage boys, being a teenage boy, felt the need to investigate. He opens the back door and he saw a creature at least eight feet tall standing at their shed. The boy was paralyzed with fear. The mother stood up and spoke into Lingit to him and then just sat back down and relaxed. She told the boy to shut the door and leave the creature be, that he'll just pass through undisturbed. She had told okay, the cr- mom. apparently she had told the creature to just move on, not to harm anyone here, and that's what she had said until it. Shortly thereafter, the creature did move on, and the power was restored. Now there have been rumors, and there were other stories. I just couldn't put every story in here, but there were rumors that the Kustakat do have some sort of control over the power. Uh, there was one story where the car wouldn't start when it somebody was being chased back to their car. Power outages, cell phones not working. Um, it's a really interesting and bizarre legend, but there are a lot of stories that are pretty consistent with each other in regards to the Kushtaka. Maybe- I've
1: heard a lot myself of instances where people have been camping and have seen tall, like eight foot tall creatures that scared the crap out of them, or yeah, their cars aren't starting. Not just in Alaska, but I think if I looked back, it probably is probably all up north i know one specific one was in washington so that's that's crazy if that's the the reasoning is these these guys are just kind of lurking around yeah well and the fact that you can
0: turn into a Kushtika. so it's not like it's not like there might be a small amount of them like there might be a good amount of kushtaka Um, yeah
1: that's like um vecna like i don't want to just turn into him
0: yeah so maybe there's a creature out there maybe not um maybe they come through portals but I have to leave you on this last note for the Kushtaka. Charlie Sheen, the actor, was so taken with the, cor- the story of the Kushtaka after reading the strangest story ever told that in 2013, he took his private jet to Alaska to hunt the Kushtaka. I don't. I assume he never found it, since we never heard a report back that he found some weird creature. Um, but really interesting that he felt so compelled by the story that he went to go hunt it down.
1: That's also, Charlie Sheen, how many bottles deep was in when i decided to take this journey (laughs) yeah i don't
0: know um so let's set local lore aside for a few minutes and talk about something a little bit more known more around the world not something that's specific to the alaskan triangle the shadow people in 2021 an interview with Mike Rick Secker, who is the book I also used, Alaska's Mysterious Triangle. He was doing an interview on Conflict Radio, episode 145. He talked about the shadow people in the Alaskan Triangle. He was mostly also talking about shadow people in general. According to Rick Secker, this can happen all over the world. This is not specific to Alaska. So what are shadow people? They can be a lot of different things. And there's a lot of different theories as to what they are. It could be energy from a person, it could be astral projecting, which, okay, I only learned about astral projection from the movie Insidious, so maybe you can astral project yourself. Maybe you're familiar, Uh, but basically that's being able to travel out of your body through your dreams or some other state of consciousness you can leave your body. You're projecting your consciousness out of your body. As for the shadow people, it's mostly described as human-shaped, dark silhouettes that you see in your peripheral vision. If you've ever had that deep feeling that somebody's watching you, that could be a shadow person, or maybe it's your crazy imagination. Many of these apparitions appear in doorways or just around the corner, but they literally are featureless shadows, meaning you can't tell facial features, hair color, or anything like that. So some people believe that it's actually negative energy clumped together, Many paranormal experts believe it to be something to do with extraterrestrial life, but the most... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too, and we'll, I think we'll talk a little bit more about it. But the most commonality that people have when coming into contact with a shadow person is the feeling of fear, dread, and discomfort. There are some shadow people that are harmless. They're there one second, and then they're not. Some people that have sleep paralysis have claimed to see shadow people, and you hear a lot of weird things with sleep paralysis. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it it really freaks me out when I hear people talk about that. So, um, well,
1: I told you on the last episode we should have Julie call in because this one time we stayed at this hotel and it was the scariest thing for me. And I wasn't even in her position, but we were sleeping in the same bed together, and she woke me up just grabbing my arm so hard, like I swear I had imprints of her hands. And I woke up just like, Julie, what, what's going on? And she was just staring like down at her feet with her mouth open still grabbing my arm and i'm just like what the fuck what the fuck what's happening i turned on the light and i was shaking her and then suddenly she was just like (gasps) and it just starts bawling uncontrollably and i'm just like what the hell happened what is this the very next day we saw um some some uh EMT people rolling out a dead body from the room right across from ours oh my gosh it was so freaking scary i was like julie do you think you saw that person like while he was exiting his body or something like what the fuck was that but she was definitely experiencing sleep paralysis we don't know exactly what she saw but it was the scariest thing for her for sure but for me i was just as terrified because she was not letting me go
0: oh my gosh that is really terrifying i'm god I don't know you told it in a pretty freaky way too so but yeah I'd have to, I want to hear her talk about it and then I'm gonna be all freaked out by it but
1: no, well, I brought it up to her to tell her we were talking about this and she could tell she gets a little teary-eyed just like oh my gosh that that was horrible that was horrible like just you could hear the fear in her voice so I'll try to get her to tell you about it I feel like the more we're like doing research and stuff for this I do believe
0: in like energy like I don't know how and what way like I completely believe in it but I do believe that like if something bad has happened there you know like there is some kind of negative energy I mean there can can also be positive energy but because I think sometimes I feel that kind of energy like I'm not I'm not clairvoyant I can't walk into a space and be like you know a little boy died here like I'm not like that but where you just like kind (laughs) of get a sense of something weird happened
1: if you could I hope your voice changes like that He's been dead for ten years. (laughs) No. Yeah, I definitely believe it in that I feel like I felt stuff, I see it, but like there's never been anything to tell me definitively what it is. Therefore I'm not gonna like claim I'm some kind of paranormal alien shadow person auto thing otter thing knowledgeable person i believe it can't tell you how it happens i'd love to know more yeah because yeah because like people like julie that have these terribly frightening experiences i don't i don't like
0: i don't think she's lying about that i think she actually my saw something and
1: isn't lying about it <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i swear this one's smaller than the other one with all the grip she had on it Oh gosh. Kidding,
0: but you I'm couldn't kidding. see anything right?
1: No. Nope. Just her face which she almost looked like she was dead just because her mouth was wide open and her eyes were just watering and open. I'm just like oh, hey! that's yeah that is terrifying. Okay
0: so many people with sleep paralysis have also claimed that a shadow person or people are coming to harm them which maybe that's what julie felt um there's even reports that people that have had this kind of incident happen under sleep paralysis that they feel like something's choking them but they can't move or like just before they feel like they're about to pass out you know it they get released um some people have even said that they were beat or they were picked up and then dropped there's also multiple kinds of shadow people so let's talk about the different kinds there's the red eye specter they oh Yeah. I don't like
1: the name of it.
0: Already sounds creepy. So they can sense fear and grow through other people's fear. They can stare from a distance and instill terror inside of you. The more terrified you are, the more they can grow. So yeah, these are like seeing like red glowing eyes from across the street. Just turn around, walk inside. It's a weird Halloween decoration. Don't try and investigate
1: harness your fear and think of only positive
0: flight then there's the watchman shadow people
1: that sounds just as terrible
0: yeah they just stare and look lurk, lurk around um for them it's more of that heavy feeling of being watched so maybe it's not a peeping tom; it's just the watchman shadow person. Do you- okay,
1: I'd rather some uh, gross neighbor be trying to see if he could get a tit shot than a watchman shadow person.
0: Okay, that sounds really creepy too.
1: I mean, both creepy, but I want the explainable one. This guy can go spend a couple nights in jail for being gross. The other thing, he can come back whenever he wants. I can't can't stop that. So I definitely
0: have the feeling of being watched, like pretty frequently. Yeah. So I like, I've had weird feelings that somebody is even like just very close to me. Like, yeah, maybe they're watching me, but like, I believe if I have experienced any of these things, it's the Watchmen. Um, I just get this super creepy feeling and I kind of feel stupid openly talking about it. Cause you know, I'm like kind of weird about that, but I swear there were at least two separate times within the last few months that I felt something chasing me. Like nothing nice was nothing was chasing me, but Did like you start running. Yeah. Like I started like, I, like I went I went outside to the fridge and it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I just, I had this sense it's okay. This sounds so stupid, but I had no, this it cause it's really freaky to talk with. Like when I came inside and told Casey, I felt like he thought I was crazy. Cause I was like, okay, I just got Like what I imagine, like a werewolf or something that was running towards me. It's like I had this weird vision of something running towards me with, but like they could see me from afar in the backyard and I was at the fridge and they were running at me and I just slammed the fridge and I ran inside and locked the door and was just like, oh, like what the heck was that?
1: Like, why did I feel like I saw myself through the eyes of something that was chasing me? Like that night vision light of you getting closer and closer to whatever's chasing you. Yeah, it was it was really creepy. And then another one was
0: actually inside the house. I just, I don't know, that feeling of like, what the heck? Why do I feel like something is like so close to me, it's about to touch me? So I do think I experienced that, not all the time, but... And I've definitely had the feeling of seeing things out of the corner of my eye where I'm like oh gosh where there was something there
1: oh yeah same here but yeah. uh, when I was at your house I shut the curtains in your kitchen both nights um I didn't think I felt watched or chased outside because you know I'm a night owl I was outside a couple times late at night but there's something at all the windows like I don't like it when it's dark outside mm-hmm. yeah and you can't um, see anything outside but you feel like they can see everything in yeah so I'm, I'm really looking forward to staying there for a week upcoming I'm super pumped.
0: (laughs) Um, So even though you can find shadow people anywhere, there does seem to be a lot more action around the areas that have this concentration of energy, like the Alaskan triangle. So we talked in part one about the ley lines areas of energy concentration, and there are many sites around the world, which include the Egyptian pyramids, the great wall of China, Stonehenge, Machu Machu Picchu, Machu Picchu, that are all on these lines. This theory began in 1921 by Alfred Watkins, an archaeologist. Before I continue, know that this is me speaking outside of my comfort zone and far out of my expertise. And I'm not being closed minded to it, I just don't fully understand it. But some archaeologists and believers in ley lines have mapped out a lot of ancient sites across the globe that started to create these sort of straight lines that lead to the next site. They're just like lines of longitude and latitude in the way that they run. By looking at this map of straight point-by-point ruins or ancient sites. It very much can look like there is a pattern since these sites are showing like it looks like there's a connection. We will post a picture on Instagram of one of the ley lines, but back to the shadow people. On these sites where there seems to be this abundance of energy, like on these ley lines, there's a lot of connection to a lot of supernatural things and experiences happening there. Mike Uh, Rick Secker visited the Conjuring House, which we talked about in the last episode. There have been many claims of shadow people witnessed by several different people at the Conjuring House.
1: Oh, the Conjuring House just
0: has so much going on. It really does. It sounds so fascinating.
1: I need to be there. I will not be there with you, but I I salute you. You're my co. You're my co-host. Why wouldn't you go? I'll be from outside. (laughs) What do you see in there, Ashley? Let's tell everyone on the pod. I'm not right, telling she you. She just got sucked down a hole and some dark and, shadow. And see, that's why her. I didn't
0: go in the house, and she's an idiot.
1: You're an idiot. I'm an, <laughs> an idiot. idiot.
0: So when Mike himself was in the home, uh, Mike Ricksecker, he saw a smoke shadow figure, which is also known as the misty black shadow people. Uh, But the witnesses to this event were more than just Mike Ricksecker, but they all they all saw something similar, but they didn't all see the exact same thing. They all saw what looked like a shadow girl, but some saw her from toe to head. Some saw from toe to head. I wrote feet to head and then that sounded weird. So I said toe to head. Some just saw from the knees up. So typically the misty black shadow people are attracted to people that are get, giving off negative emotions, but maybe also this negative energy is just very prevalent in the conjuring house. So it's not necessarily like Mike, did you go in and you were all depressed and you manifested the shadow girl? Um, but it might be why there's a lot of entities, silly, Mike. a lot of entities that hang out in the um, conjuring house. Most of the shadow people stare, but most like to go unnoticed, which is why you may see something move out of the corner of your eye, but it's disappeared because it simply did not want to be seen. Some other shears,
1: stay out of my house, bro.
0: You are like the Tlingit woman said to the Kushtaka, just say, you're not welcome here. You may leave. You do have to tell the spirits what to do sometimes. Yeah. You just say, you're uninvited. Have a nice day.
1: I did say that when the plates fell in my house. I just said, you're not welcome here. Please leave.
0: There you go. And, um, you know, tell them to go to so and so's house. <laughs> yeah
1: hey will you please go to my uh, ex-boyfriend's house Uh, his name is blah 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 you Uh, are welcome (laughs) there just so you know in fact you know he's he's told everyone he's waiting for you so please yeah that'd be some
0: horrible revenge
1: (laughs) that'd be so funny so while a lot of the shadow people
0: don't like to be seen there are a lot of theories behind what the heck they are there is a theory that a shadow person is an apparition of a person that is in a time portal. Like maybe they're in this overlapping time. Um, another theory. Very cool. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that here shortly. So some believe that the shadow people are just regular people in another dimension, alternate universe or another time. Um, Rick sent a uh, Rick Secker ventures in, uh, His theory in his book, Alaska's Mysterious Triangle, which I've mentioned like 25 times, he talks about that missing Douglas Skymaster. We talked about it in episode one as one of the planes that went missing. There are many people who do believe that that plane went into a time slip and some and then or some kind of uh, portal. Sorry, I couldn't get that word out. So they either went to a time slip or some kind of portal. And that's why that they could hear that muffled gurgle over the radio they swore it was them but that the signal would be very weak if they were in another time portal whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah it was at a different frequency and wave wavelength, but that they think it was just like an overlapping time. yet the plane itself was actually never found. It really reminds me of the upside down with stranger things. Just having the ability to communicate, like the fact that they did try and get something out there, but it was a garbled message.
1: I loved the Christmas light thing. That was so badass. I
0: know. Yeah. So they communicated through lights and then they have clumps of the glowing dust to the upside down. So they weren't, it's like they were in the same place, but it's like they're in an alternate universe. So there's kind of that theory behind the Alaskan Triangle. So to sum up the theory of Rick Secker, a true shadow person has intentionally or unintentionally entered our reality from some other plane of existence. There's also a bonus theory built into that one that could be be related to extraterrestrial visitors. Maybe ETs are traveling interdimensionally, which to me was kind of making my mind explode so I couldn't get into like time theories, shadow people and extraterrestrials. But (laughs) there are a lot of the... A lot of different layers and theories with this one. So there's also a historical hotel in Anchorage called the Historic Anchorage Hotel. Uh, there is a shadow person that lives and appears pretty frequently at that Anchorage Hotel. Also, at the Red Onion Saloon, there have been, there's a regular shadow person that has shown up to the guests and to the staff. So if you're looking for shadow people in the triangle, um, the argument for the shadow people is that alaska has a lot of energy to give off and it encourages this kind of bizarre activity um
1: that's really cool i didn't know that places had shadow people like they do ghosts like if you want to come see the shadow person go here i never knew that existed well and maybe a shadow
0: person is a ghost I mean, that's just another theory that what you're seeing is a ghost just kind of appearing and trying to stay out of sight, but didn't do a great job. Um, But again, there's the theory that it's a time slip. So it's more like we were just talking about. It's more like a haunting. So let's get into a little bit on the time travel and possible portals. So Mike Ricksecker talks about this as the stacked time theory. Many believe that time is just a human concept. People are obsessed with time, especially in America. Rick Secker talks about time like a stack of photographs of one location. So what do you call that? The pictures that keep taking snapshots in your phone, like when you accidentally take a photo. Oh, burst. Uh, Oh, yeah. Okay. Think of it like constant burst photos in one location. So you're going to have like different things that are happening. Uh, I'll
1: never forget when my phone was stuck on that. And I was like, why do I have 8,000 photos in my phone?
0: (laughs) So it's like a living picture capturing every single second. All of the photos are living and ongoing and the stack is just getting bigger as time continues on. In these time slips, like with the shadow people, is when two of these photos or moments in time resonate at the same frequency and overlap just for a moment. Time travel is like going into any of these photos in the stack at will. Rick Secker even uses the movie Somewhere in Time, which you remember with Christopher Reeves and Jane Seymour.
1: I love that movie.
0: I know. That's a tearjerker. Reeves sees this beautiful picture. He's staying at a hotel. He sees this beautiful picture in his time, which is 1980, of Jane Seymour, and this picture is from 1912. He desires so much to be with her that he is thrusted back in time. So he's in the same location, but at a different time, just like the photo stack. It's like he just moved himself somewhere, somewhere deep in the stack. Rick Secker explains his time theory as not like a flux capacitor, but more like meditation and consciousness. And if you're a Around these areas, you can harness that energy of the Earth and possibly have the capability of creating these time slips more easily, which is kind of wild. So you'd still use your mind, but being in a place that can harness the Earth's energy makes time travel more possible. Now, we talked in episode one about the Greta Thunberg photo. Uh, In the Yukon Territory was that famous picture of what was either Greta Thunberg or Thunberg's lookalike. But the picture was from 1898. And Greta Thunberg lives in our time in 2023. So, of course, i it's hard to imagine that that could ever be her. But there are pictures that people composite. I think that picture actually populated from AI, from artificial intelligence, like looking up a picture of Greta Thunberg and that one happened to pop up and that started the viral theory all over the internet that people thought she could time travel because AI was doing the face recognition. Now, some people would say she went back to address climate issues, but I'm guessing that didn't work out. Oh, she didn't fix shit. That or it was way worse and she made it better. Now we know.
1: True. I just think she has one of those faces where where I think it's almost insane to just to, to immediately jump to she's a time traveler. Like, yep. there's a lot of people that could have looked like that, that does not sell me on time travel. So there's also a picture
0: that has, um, it's supposed to be an authentic photo of what they call the time traveling hipster. Let me find the picture for you so I can show you. Can you see it?
1: Hmm. I'm trying to think. What It's like, where's Waldo? You're showing me a bunch of people. Hold on okay this guy
0: right here wearing sunglasses Sorry. oh yeah okay okay so that's the time traveling hipster so this photo has been authenticated and it has been up for a lot of debate so the photo was I actually,
1: want to believe more.
0: this was captured in 1941 of a man with sunglasses a shirt with a logo and a modern looking camera while the photo has been authenticated Skeptics of the time travel theory do argue that the logo on the shirt is a of a hockey team that was active between 1924 and 1938. Sunglasses, while they were not widely available, they did exist in 1941, as well as a portable Kodak camera. Again, not widely available, but they did exist. So either we have proof of time travel or we have a man ahead of his time. But the picture's really interesting. So go look it up if you haven't, The Time Traveling Hipster. In episode one, we also talked about the missing Skymaster plane in 1950. Um, so kind of going back to that again, many people believe that they were they went into a time slip. They received that eerie and audible message from the, uh, the Skymaster. That sounds really weird. They received a message from the Skymaster.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> sounds like some movie's version of God. So
0: it was in its correct location but at a different time and this is what's also interesting there are drawings from ancient cultures that would see strange things flying in the sky is that like a plane that went through a time slip was it extraterrestrials um in the bermuda Uh, triangle What? That's fascinating. Yeah, that's, it's like fascinating and scary because I feel like we're just never going to know.
1: I know, and it probably was an airplane from our time or within the last century. So in the Bermuda Triangle in 1970,
0: Bruce Gernon flew across what he called an electronic fog. When flying through this, he went ahead 30 minutes in time. He said there was a strange swirl in the sky that sucked him into a tunnel when he came out of it Miami was below him, which meant he traveled 100 miles in three minutes.
1: I'm in Miami,
0: bitch. But that one was weird because that was like he did go 30 minutes in time and not knowing what the heck happened.
1: Yeah, that is weird.
0: Another story was during the Korean War, pilots were flying in formation, right? So imagine some planes in formation. And one of the planes in that formation flew into a strange cloud and that plane was never seen again. So they came out and they're... Friend plane was just gone. That's weird, and no idea where it went. No crash site. Even though they were flying in formation with other pilots, uh the plane that went through the dark, swirly cloud was just gone. So the theory is definitely out there that that may have been what happened to the Sky Master. That may have been some of the other planes that have gone missing. We also talked about the father son that got in through a tunnel and survived, kind of like the guy over Miami also survived, except they never said if they the time sped up or anything. So we know incidents like this have happened in the Alaskan Triangle. Unfortunately, many don't come back to tell us whatever happened to them. So the next one is another local legend.
1: Love a local
0: edge. This one comes from a few different sources from, there's also an episode on the History Channel's Missing in Alaska, Season 1, Episode 8. So there's a legend often told to children, so maybe it's just a cautionary tale, but maybe there's something to it. I'll let you decide. The legend is of a vicious mermaid. Now, before we chuckle, many cultures believe and even worship mer-creatures. I'm not saying whether I believe they exist or not, but there's... They're not just coming from, like, pirates suffering from scurvy and hallucinations talking about mermaids, because, frankly, I could really see mermaids existing to pirates because they're dehydrated, not getting enough fruit, they've been out at sea too long, okay? I might start- I just want to
1: see some babes.
0: Yeah, I might start seeing some mermen, who knows? There's a theory that in the middle of evolution, while apes were evolving, there was a time that they lived part time in the water. So, some do believe that a new species came out of that mid time between uh, when apes were evolving that basically did create a mermaid like species that we just haven't been able to prove yet. Or, some people have seen it and there, there's just no proof to others that exists. Um, in Alaska, we know people go missing very frequently, and much of the time they've gone missing after fishing, swimming, or something on the water. We talked about Illy from Lake Iliamna in the last episode. Today's water creature is a ferocious mermaid that lurks around the waters in Alaska. She is predominant in northern Alaska and the Arctic area. This is the Kuala Pollock. She has green skin, Her hair is like seaweed. She's aggressive when attacking. She has very long claws, sharp teeth but she does have legs that stand in front of her and then a tail behind her that she can use to steer in the water. She also has fins on her back, head, and limbs. Her hands and her feet are webbed. She also has a pouch where she puts young children and babies that she steals.
1: She sounds like a babe.
0: Yeah, she's pretty horrible, but she does this, um, you know, for her youth. You gotta stay young. Um, So according to some of the stories, she lets out a delicate, beautiful hum. The hum is actually a warning. But it's so peaceful that it sounds like, hey, I need to stop and listen to that. Where's that coming from? This is really her hunting call. So if you're standing here... Near-
1: bring my baby closer to that sound. <laughs> yeah.
0: So if you're standing near the shoreline, she may just snatch you right up. So is there some strange strain of species that ended up being created while humans were evolving? Maybe. In the more southern border of the Alaskan Triangle... A man went missing while fishing. People said that he was dragged down by some unknown creature. Some suggested a mer-creature, maybe the Kuala Another missing person that was out on the beach with a friend. So a couple of things were on the episode of Missing in Alaska where people think it might have been the mermaid. So there were two friends out at the beach. Um, They were just walking along. Friend one turned away for just a second. And then when he turned back, his friend had disappeared out of nowhere. And all that was left were strange footprints that were longer than normal humans, but also were webbed. The quallopollock may may have been running out of resources from the Arctic area in the far north and started making her way south, where prey would be more abundant. Many other species uh, travel south for food so and the weather. Why not the quallopollock?
1: Why not? They look creepy as hell when I'm looking them up
0: yeah they're super creepy and we definitely need to post a picture
1: Uh, one's like super emaciated looking and then one's like super fat
0: (laughs) uh let me show you the picture i pulled can you i don't know if you can see it
1: yeah yeah i saw that we could share that one that one's better than the very the variations i just saw (laughs) she's snatching a little inuit kid
0: i know So, ultimately, there's no definitive proof of mermaids or the Kuala but that doesn't mean that they don't exist. Uh, We thought giant squids didn't exist, but it turns out there are some that actually exist. So, maybe one day we will catch the Kuala in action, as well as the Kushtaka. So, over 16,000 people have gone missing in Alaska. Are some not actually missing, but they just ended up in the wrong time? Are some missing from the Lake Iliamna monster? Was it were otters? Is it vicious mermaids? Portals? We don't know. But aliens or aliens. We didn't even talk about the alien segment of the Alaskan Triangle too. Um, But I think one of the biggest takeaways for tourists headed to Alaska is to remember that it is still a wild frontier. The last frontier as we've called it. So don't take it lightly and be prepared. Remember for the Kushtaka, keep some urine and your dog handy and stay away from the shorelines. If you hear a beautiful humming noise, Remember, that's just the dinner bell.
1: Oh, I love it. (laughs) So that's it for part two.
0: Um, I don't plan on doing a part three immediately after, um, but I may do that in the future. But I'd like a break from the Alaskan Triangle and I would like to move on to some other properties.
1: Well, I think you did a fabulous job. I loved that you kind of mixed it up with aliens, mythical creatures, portals, time travels, weird energy, circle of ring of fire, all the shit. That is really terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, some
0: properties are just more spookier than others. So we will do other Triangle episodes and I'm kind of toying with the idea of maybe doing Patreon with local legends and lore because I just love them.
1: Yeah, they are really fascinating.
0: So that's something we're considering. If you guys would be interested in that, let us know and I will hop right to it if you are other than that thank you so much
1: for listening thank you so much for listening as well along with me and enjoying everything ashley has shared i think it's so entertaining i'd rather listen to her any day over watch some television All in you. oh you're welcome you're very welcome <laughs> uh, and sh- shut your curtains tonight guys something might be peering in on you and it might not be your weird neighbor shut your curtains If you see any creatures like Kushtaka, shadow people, or if
0: you feel weird ghostly presence, they are not welcome there. And you are allowed to say that, okay, guys? You are not welcome. You say that.
1: You say that and then you uh, send us a little email. Tell us about your experience. It'll make you feel better. Yeah, and if
0: you have any stories on the Alaskan Triangle, too, we would love to hear it. If you have any weird real estate stories in general, like we've talked about before, weird transactions, a weird house that you saw, a weird house that you bought, we would like to hear that, too, and kind of share some of y'all's stories, if you don't mind. But hope you have a great day, and we'll be back soon. Have a lovely day. Have a lovely day.
1: Ta-da for now.